We're Hello, live. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? So, welcome to tonight's episode of the Running Gun Podcast. This is season five, episode two. I'm JP. And I'm Ace. And we're running late, but it's all right. We had stuff to take care of. Yeah, we sent an update out. That'll be okay and stuff. So, you know, as as you know, tonight we're going to definitely hit on signing day. Who won? Who lost? Why, it's, why it really doesn't matter what I just said about who won and who lost because that, because it realistically, hell, you can look at one particular team and be sure as to why winning signing day doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, we've got all the good stuff for you, too. Plus, you know, a certain somebody retired today. Again, it, it was for it was for good this time. Though, I, think, I uh, think so too. You can see in his face; he just looked. You're done. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, whoops! Did not mean to do that. But yeah, of course. So, like you, you just you just knew, and plus it was, it was time. But yeah, you know, we're gonna talk about all that tonight. Uh, so, as always, you know, Ace tells you always be be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, be sure like, share, like, subscribe. Yes. Like, share, and subscribe as well. Do all that fun stuff. Um, um, so, yeah. What else we got? We got about... My, my mentions on Twitter were way too busy today. It was busy. So who did you upset today? Uh, Magic fan, Pelican fan, Saints fans. Uh, I surprisingly didn't upset no Bucks fans. I was nice to Tom today. Wow, so you've been a menace like AB all, all day today, baby. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He's been a menace. Just I was like, trying to fix all the franchises, but they didn't want the help, so whatever. Well, speaking of franchises, two franchises got new coaches, but we're going to talk about that here soon. We'll talk about that after we talk about the standing day and goodies like that. Yes. Intro's next. Don't go anywhere. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is JP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Jenny Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. So first things you can definitely go ahead and give me give me the rundown of all these big signings for I know fam you pulled in a big transfer today. They or, did it wasn't a transfer, it was a signing, but or something like that. So a wide fam, receiver guy. Fam, you actually landed a four-star wide receiver who trans well not transferred, but he signed with them. Uh for, oh my gosh, I can't name the I can't think of the high school. I'm, I'm losing the high school, but he was a favorite commit of Dion, or he was favoring Dion at Jackson State. And then once Dion headed for Colorado, he said, you know what? I'm going to fan you. So that's a huge pickup, a four-star wide receiver that is similar in stature to Xavier Smith. Also, too, I don't know if you remember Jonathan Bostic. Or yeah, Jonathan Bostic, who played at 
Florida in 2012. Yeah. He he has a little brother named Justin Bostic from Palm Beach. He's a three-star defensive back who committed to FAMU. He's he's coming in. He I think he already early enrolled, but I think I'm not sure, but I know the paperwork is finally in, so he's officially part of the team. And then you've got another kid who's from back our way, but he's a Polk County product, Lakeland High School kid, three-star defensive back, Tuan Wilson. Yeah, I saw him uh, announce his signing. So it's a lot of a lot of nice key pieces that are coming in. Also, too, I also put down in my notes before tonight started as well that – you know, fam, you actually because in I listened to Willie Simmons on his talking to the 220 quarterback club. So a couple of things I took away from it. 17 offensive linemen are on campus right now, not not counting the kids that signed today that are coming in still. 110 kids on campus before camp even starts. That's not even including the incoming freshmen. 110 kids will only be able to start fall camp with the team. So some somebody's gonna have to find a new home. Not everybody's gonna get kept. So yeah. Well, I, I'd still say if we're we're looking at all the moves that have happened today, but also in the overall scheme. I mean, you anyway, I still think family might be the favorite coming out of this wackies, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, no, I I, I agree. I agree. It's it's like because there was no significant drop off. There was no significant drop off at all. Um, you know, you always wonder like how do you replace somebody, but it's like you know, you, with time, you know, you just find guys that are dependable. Um, as well, too, he said five quarterbacks are currently on the roster. He had six, but one hit the portal. Uh, wide receiver room is still loaded despite losing Xavier Smith. Nine running backs on roster. Jaquez Yant, the Nebraska transfer. Kelvin Dean, Florida Atlantic transfer. Two key guys that are going to be battling for playing time in that backfield in a loaded backfield. Plus, I think he said he said they got two, two kids that walked on to the team. Hmm. And also, too, an, an edge rusher from Southeast Louisiana who is the successor to Isaiah Land. And a new punter who statistically has more net yards than Chris Fadul, from what I found out today. Okay, that was slick. That was actually good. I wasn't expecting that. But, yeah. So I'm, I came away very impressed with this signing class and stuff, even though, you know, like I said, my attention's been on school and working on a doctorate degree. I, from what I've seen and uncovered, I'm very heavily impressed with what is being assembled. And then Willie Simmons provided some insight to the fact that, you know, next year in 2023 will be a jump for Jeremy Musa because, you know, if, and I know you, you didn't see it, but Ryan Stanley's progression from 2018 to 2019 under Willie Simmons was huge. So I'm curious now. It's like you get someone like Jeremy Musa from 2022 to now. How big of a leap can he make? Hmm. So you know. So are they using the nickname Musa's Loose yet for Jeremy Musa? I don't remember hearing it. 
they are still using it, I, I believe, but I don't think I think it's because it's the off season. Nobody's really saying it. Okay, so he's gonna be loose next season. Yes, hopefully the moose can get loose next season. <laughs> and then, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna start. I was gonna look at the senior bowl, but we'll go. We'll get into that later. Oh, so I was just gonna say, you know, what can we expect from FAMU's twenty twenty three schedule? So that also came out. <laughs> And it goes as, let me find it actually real quick. It goes as it goes as follows. So, by the way, leave a comment too in the comment section on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, September. And if you're on 7th, Twitter, you have to head over to YouTube. So click either my avatar picture or penalty talks picture and click the link in there, and then come to the YouTube channel and leave your comments if you're watching on that. Because for some reason, StreamYard and Twitter have like a falling out or something. I don't know what's up with that, but the comment section doesn't work anymore. So you got to head over to YouTube if you're on Twitter. All right, continue now. All right, so as it works out, September 3rd down in Miami, Jackson State. That's actually going to be Jackson State's second game. They play South Carolina State Week 0 in Atlanta for the MEAC SWAC Challenge. September 9th. You're playing South Carolina State to start off the year this time? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. See, here he go. Here he go. He ain't even started yet. Here he go. But um, September 9th, they come to Tampa to play USF. Very winnable game because we don't even know what USF is going to look like, honestly. I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's FBS and everything like that. Dude, USF first year under new head coaches is not the sexiest thing. And it's not Dion coming out of that tunnel to help USF out, so I really don't have my hopes up. Even with new members and an easier American now for USF to navigate, I still don't have high hopes. I'm just gonna. I know you don't either. I know you don't. No, no, I do not. No, I do not have much high hopes at all. And then we get to the third game that almost everybody's up. Got their well, I need to be nice when I say this. You know what the hell? Mm. The third game that everybody's got their panties in a bunch about is the West Florida game. And honestly, look, I get it. This was a huge thing last week. It's like, why are we playing this game? We have everything to lose and everything to gain. First of all, look, if you win the if you win the first one, if you beat Jackson State, you put yourself in the driver's seat for the swag title. To at least mm-hmm. host the SWAC championship and represent the East. So really, if you win week one, who the hell cares? Ace, do you care? No. Nope. You West Florida if they win the first game? Nope. I didn't even know West Florida existed until like 2018, so I really don't care. I, well, okay, no, my bad. That's. I think they came into existence when I was in high school. So... Yeah, because I, I remember I knew some people that were they were they were talking it up, trying to like hype it up and stuff. But now it's actually a pretty big deal to you know go there. But, yeah, now it is, but like back then, it's still relatively new. I mean, I, I don't see what all this like worrying is about. You know what I mean? They're actually a pretty good ball club. They're a pretty good ball club. No, no, no. It's not like I mean like they're gonna be like like it's like a low competition. I'm just saying like why is everybody making this such to be such a big deal? It's just a game. They're making it a big schedule. deal. Because, they're making it a big deal because you know they're saying you know, I guess this is the belief that some probably are 
it's okay to be afraid or doubtful at this point. This is the off season. Everybody, this is talking season. Some people may not feel that, you know, the Orange Blossom Classic is a guaranteed win this year. Some people may feel, you know, West West Florida is an embarrassment. of That would be an embarrassing loss for the swag. You know, it's for me, it's just like, you know, I, me personally, I could care, I could care less. Like, if even if it's a school for the blind, go out there and just kick the shit out of them. I exactly. Thank you. All, like, this, all this, like, it's all about. I just know. go and handle your business. Thank you. Thank but, you. Just, but yeah, like I said, you win week one, and if you even pull off the upset week two, who cares? Because if you pull, if you go two and zero in the first two weeks, you're definitely winning week three. It's just point blank. Um, mm-hmm. September twenty third, based on sources, it's at home against Alabama State. So you, last weekend of September is Alabama State. The week after that, or not last weekend, last weekend of September is at Mississippi Valley, in Mississippi. Then you go to Southern, October seventh. We don't know yet what's happening. All I care about is be- beating Jackson State and winning the SWAC championship. And so exactly, exact as it should be. That's realistically all all of us care about. I see it. Four trophies you got to go get: Orange Blossom Classic, Florida Classic Trophy, which I think you might win that by fifty. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna say that. That's a dumpster fire over there anyway. But yeah, so Southern October seventh. I don't know what's going on on the fourteenth yet. October 21st, because the schedule came out, you go to Texas Southern for the first time since the late 50s. Homecoming is October 28th against Prairie View. November 4th, you go to Huntsville to play Alabama A&M, who won't be the same as they were the last two years, in my opinion. And then November 11th, it's rumored they're still trying to find an opponent for that. And then you got the Florida Classic, but I think you're going to win by 50 on the 18th. And then the SWAC Championship December 2nd, and I'm not too sure when the Celebration Bowl is. But, yeah. So, it's a winnable – it's it's a doable track. Really I, doable. I'd say probably 9-1. and one. Like, you, I give them – it's going to be either between the USF game and, or the Jackson State game. It's probably the one they drop if they start out slow. Yeah. But this year, it's not like they have an entirely different uh, – like there's not a different quarterback starting. You don't have. Hopefully, they don't have the ineligible situation going on again. Yeah. Because of the uh, North Carolina game and Jackson State, they still they got some guys back, but they didn't practice enough, and you could see they were still kind of rusty. But whatever on that. So as long as they don't have to deal with all that stuff, you expect them maybe have one trap game here or there. Have to go two and zero to start. I've seen nine and one. I don't see undefeated, but nine and one, nine and two, doable. Oh yeah, definitely. And the, even if you do lose, say, if we're talking Celebration Bowl, if you do lose to USF, it keeps things it keeps things in perspective. The goal is still mm-hmm. go win. It will, it will keep them honest throughout the season. Yes, yes. Now the other thing too is I don't know how many of y'all have seen the clips from the Senior Bowl, the Reese Senior Bowl, which is actually going to be played this weekend. I believe it starts at two thirty this year. On Saturday, Isaiah Land has been holding his own. He got done dirty, I think. Isaiah got done dirty this week, uh, today, 
he got they put out a video of him versus the uh, Georgia offensive lineman who's mm-hmm. going to go in the first two rounds. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mismatch. I didn't see it, but I, I did see I He got he, he got shelved to the ground and all that. But I think that was just he took a bad angle on the the attempt. Mm-hmm. But that was about it. Otherwise I've been hearing pretty good stuff. They say fifth round, most likely. Possibility, I would agree. You know, and then you had also you also had Jackson State's linebacker Aubrey Miller, who was also turning heads and stuff. I would keep an eye on him just because you're seeing the success um Houston's having in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And they got him in a later on deal. You might see someone's like, "Hey, but Dion has a couple guys back there. You, you seen Houston contribute? Maybe, maybe we we'll get something out of Miller." Mm-hmm. The other he kid- might draw. He might come up fifth round too, but I expect Land will go before him though. Oh yeah, and the other one too is is actually being slept slept on. He met with Bill Belichick this week. Actually, is uh, I think his name's Dallas Daniels, who's the wide receiver for Jackson State. He's yeah, I heard of him. Heads. He was, I forget, I think it's the Shrine Bowl that he was at. He's in the Shrine Bowl right now, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm not impressed with only three home games. That That's going to make it a challenge. But you got to embrace the road warrior mentality. It's, um, I've, you know, well, honestly, I hate to say it, but, you know, it was inevitable. It was coming. Because when you're blessed for, what, three straight years with, multiple like what was it five in five to six home games for like three straight years it was about it was it was due to happen unfortunately plus you have two neutral site games so technically technically you got five games in florida but they're not in brag but i i understand though so it's like what? Generally, too, if there's a lot of family games, that means there's probably going to be more FSU row games. But if there's more FSU home games, he might have less family home games. So the beautiful thing about that, too, is is I'm glad you said that. Florida State, and this is why I actually want to talk about They got the best game of the week of Labor Day weekend. They do. They do. And I'm glad you said Florida State's schedule because – We'll yeah, talk about that in that college football. Bumper eggs. Talking about that in college football. Yes, we will. Um, hold but, on that. You got to keep the people entertained. You got you to hold them on it. I got you. But for now, I, I mean, I guess, we, I guess we, we covered everything in this part. Um, I guess we just go ahead and transition over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but actually, no. College football first, and then we just wrap it up with the NFL. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Let's just let's go into the FSU stuff. Yes, let's, because you beat me to it. Um, but yeah, so I'm actually glad you said that about Florida State schedule and how it approximates with FAMU's homecoming. So for the for once, for the first well, for not for the first time, but like unlike last year, you have a situation this year where Florida State will be on the road. Forget against who, but October 28th, they're on the road, and FAMU will be at home, so they'll have Tallahassee to themselves. There won't be any excessive traffic really getting into and out of Tallahassee. So FAMU will have Prairie View all to themselves that weekend. Florida State, I think, is playing Boston College or who was it? Boston College or I think Duke that weekend. So I'm not sure. Actually, you know what? Let me go ahead and pull this up. I'm being very lazy right now. 
But came away very impressed with you know looking at their schedule and stuff. Uh, I'm like you. I think the op- I think the opening weekend is shaping up to be very good for Florida State. Okay, so Florida State plays Wake Forest that weekend on the 28th, but Week One against LSU, that is the best game of opening weekend. That that's gonna be. Uh, I expect that. Well. Yeah, I don't think uh, LSU is going to have that slow of a start as it did this year where they had a new coaching staff and everything. It took them a minute to click. But I still think it's going to be as good as the first one last year. Oh, it will be. It will be. Because, you know, Florida State. Hey, 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 hey. The man back. I feel like y'all are about college football, but y'all ended the show season before college football season. That was sick. Oh, I love how you changed this picture. No, it was the same one, the same drunk. This is the same drum. Yeah, I know, but it's the same picture. Oh, it is, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. Got you. No, but he's saying how we ended the college football season before. Uh, did we dip before the HBCU championship? We did, we did, we we dipped before rivalry week. Yo, man, we had our finals to deal with. Yeah, we have. Yeah, dude, I ain't gonna lie, man. We had finals to deal with. We we had we had stuff. My bad. Next year, well, not next year. This year. Which we'll try to push it back some more. Yeah, dude, we had. Yeah, we, we had. gotta figure out how the how the how life's gonna take us though at this point. Yeah, we we had exams, we had board exams, like we had some we had some stuff to deal with, man. But you that's know. why we came back so late too. Somebody had to deal with his board exams. <clears throat> well, you know what? You know, look, I'm chasing the money too, man. I'm, I'm chasing the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's true. That's true. That's true. So we can provide for all of this. We we we, we in university, sir. We we gotta gotta take care of that stuff first. Sadly. Yeah, you're good, man. You're good, man. Don't worry. We I had a nice, had a nice thing of crown. Glad you in the chat, drunk. Yep. But yeah, it's like I don't know. If you want a quick rundown, we 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 got the college football playoff games right. So we were like, you know, we're gonna take it easy. We know what's gonna happen. We knew Georgia was gonna win. Like, yeah. Were we really missing anything, drunk? Like, come on. To be honest with you, like, <laughs> I told, I said it last week. Oh yeah, you know it. Actually. You know, you know it, man. But yeah, um, to answer drunk's question, like, dude, I knew. I just knew. Like when TCU came out with that three man front, and people kept asking me, like. Like, are you sure George is gonna be able to handle this? I was like, they got, they got it. Don't but worry. let me, let me, let me tell you something interesting. So someone, so remember I told you I pissed off a lot of people today, right? I'm totally yeah. so busy. So I was asking one of the Saints reporters, "Well, what would it take to get up into the top ten, right? Like, if three firsts and a couple seconds would be enough to get up there? Because that's what they were willing to give up for, um, Mister Man up in Cleveland, Deshaun Cosby, right? Stop. So I was like. Stop. So I was just saying, right? Um, all right, let's come. Georgia dry teach you how back and put a Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> so I asked, right? And I say, so if they're looking to get CJ Stroud. And this dude said, nah, stop. CJ and worth that. He's going to be mid. And I'm like, I'll give the Jimmy Butler looking at the ref meme that came out last week. I said, you ain't just say No way you would just say um, CJ going to be mid. Like, did you see what he did to Georgia? Like, that game versus Georgia, Trevor, the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields game, that's a different stratosphere of all time college football playoff games, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, that Georgia Ohio State game was probably top six all time. Yeah. In terms I... of like semifinals. Yeah. How many games? How many have been in since 2015, right? So there's eight. No, so it'd be and there's like two games each, so like 16 or say, so something like that games. I think the some of the best semifinal games that we had. Like honestly, both semifinal games. Jason Campbell. Dude, honestly, honestly, he might be on to he. He's on to something. Because Jason Campbell was like that, honestly, at Auburn. So you never look. This is possible. I think Drunk knows how I feel about Ohio State quarterbacks. Nah, you ain't. You ain't just say he died chasing. <laughs> Dang. Hey, so drunk. Let me ask you. I probably asked you this last month, and I forgot. But what do you think about Bryce Young probably being five eight one ninety? Because in some of them photos, he looks like he's five eight. I'm I'm rooting for him. I will say that. I'm rooting. I rooted for him, but I'm surprised in his career they never gave him the messy solution. Like when he was young, and they figured out he was gonna be him. I'm just surprised they never gave him the uh, the Messi solution, which was uh, remember Messi was like real short and they gave him HGH to get up to five six. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't do that before he ever got tested for it mm. to get him up to that height. Yeah, not saying like he needs it or anything. I'm just saying I'm surprised they never did that. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He got the right mind, and he's got the best arm. It's just the size is what I feel is like. That's what my thing with Chicago is, right? I'm saying he is a better. I will say he's a better passer than what Fields is right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why is Chicago saying they're gonna make Fields the franchise guy and trade the number one pick in February? I really hope they don't do that, something unless. Like that. I hope they do take Young. They need to take Young, but. Like I, I think Fields will be good, but no one's gonna give you what you want for to take Young. It's weird. I think I saw someone from Pro Football Talk or something from some. It was something NBC affiliated, where they had, I think, it was the they think they had the Bears or the Texans or somebody taking both Stroud and Young in the first round. It was a top tier analyst that said this. Well, they both should go first round. But well, he said they're both have, going to the same team in the first round. Yeah, some I forget who it was from NBC that did that though. I, but how I, is that I, even possible? How do you go to the same team? It's possible. It's possible if you don't have Bears don't have two first. So unless it's like Seattle or Detroit, let me or see Houston. Let's see. Happy, happy National Signing Day, or uh, Ashton and uh, yeah. We hope everybody's team got better. Well, they should all get better, but you can't react and say like someone's like top of tier now because that because half the time these guys don't even play their first year. Uh, thing with Bryce Young is nice, but he trade, but is he trade fields nice? No, especially when I got holes all over the field. My thing is, if you trade 
Young. You're probably going to get a lot of picks. But, like, if you trade out of Young, you have a lot of picks for Fields, but then are you sure, like, all right, is Fields going to take the next step with that? Is he going to do to Jalen Hurts, which he probably can, but is the same team that drafted, who traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, the same front office you want to trust to build around Justin Fields? That's, like, the uh, question mark. At this point, I guess we can... We're kind of talking college football and NFL at the same time, so I don't know if I should change it or not. I mean, honestly, you're it's draft, to... so I mean, it's pretty college football still. It is. I'm trying to But, think. yeah, so, like, they traded essentially a first-round pick for Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool hasn't shown anything worth being traded for that, which is, makes me hesitant to believe that if you trade Bryce Young, like, the, the first overall pick for the picks that you would need to build around fields, do you trust – the Chicago Bears organization to make the right personnel decisions to build around fields. That that's my only thing with that. Like they'll have too many picks and they'll get trigger happy and they'll make some really dumb decisions and it'll look even worse if they blow it. Oh, okay. That wasn't a lot. That's a lot. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, no. See, yeah, my take of the whole thing is, I, I feel it would like, make more sense. Oh, I'm just saying one more thing. I think it would make more sense to see what the Bears do after free agency, because remember, free agency is before draft. So you'll be, yeah. you'll see what direction. Because like, the best wide receiver at free agency right now is Juju. I'd say Odell. Odell ain't going to Chicago. Yeah, that's true too. Dang, yeah. You you right. Oh, that was probably like the best on paper, but Juju and DJ Chark are the two best free agents, right? Are gonna be the two best free agents. And that's if Kansas City doesn't re-sign Juju. Also, I'm gonna tell you when we get to the NFL portion, I gotta tell you who's pursuing OBJ the most. Dallas. <laughs> but oh, yeah, back to cause. So like if they if Chicago busts in free agency, right? Then what do you do? Because your whole purpose was to build around fields, but you busted in free agency. You still don't have an offensive line. Even with the picks you get for Young, you're still not going to have enough to like fix the offensive line enough to protect him because of Fields' play style. You're going to be burning through his best years. And he still has, I want to say, three years on his contract, so you, and that's before you got to pay him. And if he does hit you and you don't fix that roster, you're going to be. That's what I'm saying, Drunk. I would have just said this. They did trade it. They traded a first round pick for Chase Claypool this year. He said that's why I don't trust. <laughs> trash. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, do, do, do you trust the Bears to do it properly? No, I don't. I don't. Which is why I say you take Young. You have the full five years for the rebuild, not three. And you can properly reload everything up. Because if you trade fields, you're probably going to get a first. So it's not like you're not going to get a first back for him. So it's just a matter of, well, do you want the better passer who will probably last longer in the league if he doesn't have an offensive line? Or fields who won't last as long if he doesn't have an offensive line? That's just all I say for it. All right. So the other thing I got to here is tonight is this, you know, the expectations for the new additions to the Big 12. So, as you know, UCF, 
UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU are all in this new, this newly configured Big 12. So running down through UCF's schedule for this year, they got to go to Oklahoma, the Palace on the Prairie. They get Oklahoma State at home. They got to play Texas Tech. They end the season with a familiar foe in Houston. Oh, and by the way, they also got to play Baylor in a rematch from the 2013 or 2014 Fiesta Bowl. So, hmm. got to go years. way back. <clears throat> that wasn't Sean Oakman Baylor, was it? He was on the team because the next year, the that Baylor team in the 2015 Cotton Bowl, they played Michigan State. So he was on the team, but he wasn't like the big he guy. Wasn't on the team. Sean Oakman, he wasn't like the picture of Sean Oakman. He probably was, but we just didn't pay attention to him. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. <clears throat> I'm curious how it goes. You know, November 11th at the as of as of now we're we are going to try to work out some things to be in the bounce house November 11th. Nothing set in stone yet, but we're working on that. And then you have for Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, the last game in the bedlam series on November 4th at home. Big 12 is one step above the pack 12, whatever number not. Okay, so yeah, I think he's trying to say the, the Big 12 is one step above it, the Pac-12, which I agree. I agree. Yeah. Big 12. Only, they, they, only they three good teams in the Pac-12 this year anyway. Say that again? No, ain't USC going to the Big 10 right this year, right? You know, No, there's, this is their last year in the Big in the Pac-12. This is their last year. Yes, and there's only three, like, um, yeah, they're pretty – they're, like, the competition levels aren't that good in the Pac-12. Well, Surprisingly, because, you know, you would think California is, like, an athlete factory, mm-hmm. which it is, but you're, like – surprisingly, the West Coast isn't very good in sports for some reason. They only got uh, Washington, Utah, and USC, who are the only re- real dangerous ones. I mean, Oregon maybe with Bo Nix coming back, but, like, See, if you put them against a Big 12 team, do you, do you think they hold their own against a Big 12 team? Probably not. No. I mean, see, here's the thing. Like, USC, to me, honestly, I know some people have differing opinions. They This season, they proved to me, like, late down the stretch, they just weren't physical enough in big games. And they just couldn't close the deal. But I look at – and then I think, and I think part of this is why Dion went to Colorado, too. You have a situation where you see Oakland – I agree with that. They they might if they get the right if they get the right plan in place and stuff they might, but yeah for Dion though I think it's like he realized like okay you know I can rebuild Colorado UCLA and USC are going to be gone in a few years if I can figure out how to stop you how to stop Washington if I can figure out how to stop Oregon he's got a clear cut path to the pack, to to pack well it's going to probably go back to being Pac ten but Pac ten championship. He's got a clear-cut path. So it's like all he has to do is just, you know, crack that code, honestly. This year they might not – they they probably will struggle with USC and UCLA. But in years to, years to come that will pass, 
it won't be as bad. It won't be because you have the two top dogs in LA that are getting better are going to be gone. So it may. Deion De- gonna be running the Pac-12. Nothing. Who? Deion gonna be running the Pac-12. If he can figure out a way to get past Washington in the long run, if he not not it, this year, I don't think he will run it this year. But I think by next year, once USC loses, and I want to see who Washington replaces Phoenix with before I go and say Washington gonna give him trouble. That part, and you, and I need to see who Oregon replaces Bo Nix with. Yeah, that too. So as of now, it's like, and then honestly too, you never know. Like Shiloh could not Shiloh, but well, he him too, but. Shador could come out. I wonder how much does the conference matter in recruits choosing schools outside of the SEC. Honestly, conference prestige, I think, does matter. It plays a significant role because, like, if you look at if you look at it, it's like the SEC players when they come out. That's actually funny. This is funny because remember, uh, Walmart bought the the Broncos. Did they really? Oh my god! Walmart family is what brought the bought the Broncos. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I know what he means because like it's, he, they run to that abandoned Walmart that ain't been popular since the nineties. So he got a point. Should have said abandoned Sears. No, an abandoned Radio Shack. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know if Radio Shack's a thing anymore or Best Buy. Not Best Buy. Blockbuster. I don't even know if it's a real thing anymore. So, yeah, no, don't, don't go on to something. You on to something. <laughs> so, yeah, and then also, too, Stetson Bennett, you know, he might have just buried his draft stock. I don't know if you heard about this. Well, the whole yeah, world. that tanked. I had hopes for him. He he might go probably fifth round. I, with this whole thing, because remember he didn't go senior bowl, and then he got DUI. Well, not DUI. It was what uh, public intox intoxication, right? Intoxication or disorderly conduct or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it'll be depending on the combine at this point to see if he goes third round. But. The guys coming out of the, um, I feel these other Power Five programs should take notes from the SEC and developing players. With the SEC, they focus a lot in the trenches. That's why they're just so much better than everybody. The talent yeah. and the development in the trenches. They should take notes from the SEC and developing players. They should, but it's it's you know it's a different level of week to week play down here and stuff. You know, it's just the heat you know. builds them differently. The, the heat the, and the humidity beat build the, them different. The heat and the humidity matter as much as we want to talk about altitude and stuff out west and in like the hills and stuff. But like, you know, it's just the attention to details and everything like that. Like you're seeing it with Kirby Smart. You see, you've seen it with Nick Saban. Um, yeah, it's just all that factored into one really. And the difference is the offensive lineman and the ability to play for four quarters. So, you know, it's just until the other until the other conferences figure that out. Nothing, I don't see nothing changing, honestly. And then it's like Texas and Oklahoma's going into the SEC this year, right? Next year. 
Well, no. So it was only the Big 12 had the realignment this year? 2025. The Big 12 brought in four new teams this year, but come 2025. So next year will be – next year, 2024, will be the last years of, you know, Oklahoma and Texas. Stetson been to play 10 years because he knew he would be lucky to get one NFL check. Let, let the man get wasted. Man, this man gonna be in Athens as a sales accountant or a sales uh sales guy or an accountant in Athens like in two years. Oh dude, honestly, like and that's not that's not bad. You if you think about it, he doesn't have to ever pay for a drink in Athens, really, to be honest with you. No, he won't. He's won what two? Two natties. It's funny, they all said play JT Daniels and then Stetson Bennett comes and will give up the job. Stetson Bennett's going to be 35 years old hanging around the campus. You know what? He probably might. He likely will. Yeah, Stetson Bennett has two career paths. He's never going to make it to the NFL or he's the next Tom Brady. There's no one between with him. Am I wrong? No, nah, you're not wrong. And yeah. it's most likely the first one. It ain't gonna be the second one. <laughs> oh my god. This this year is like I think this is like the last year for the COVID people who got the extra year or whatever, right? So this draft is kind of oh, so next on, year next year might be or whatever, but so I was listening to Willie Simmons when he was going over his national signing day thing for FAMU. He was saying that in terms of that with the whole COVID year guys. I think the last the last bunch of that will be in 2024. So we're still dealing with a group of like super seniors that are coming through. So like everybody that was on a roster has an extra year. And that officially ends like 2024. Okay. Okay, this year I find it hilarious because you got Young and Stroud, Levis, a Anthony Richardson, right? Those are like the top four guys, consensus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the Tanner McKees, who I do not like at all. But for some reason, people like him, I don't get all that from Stanford. But then you come into the realm of 25-year-old Hendon Hooker, 25-year-old Stetson Bennett, 24-year-old Jaron Hall. Out of those three, if you're an NFL team, you probably take you should take uh, Hall, not because he's 24, but because he was on a he's the BYU uh, caught like he was a consequence of BYU with the whole mission thing with the two years. Because he yeah. did a two-year mission. But I, I was watching this stuff last night, and I'm like, hey, this man played in the SEC or the Big Ten or even with Lincoln Riley, he'd probably be a first-round pick. Probably. There's always someone out there like that. Now, no, no, because like you just watch how he plays. He plays like a Walmart brand, Kyler Murray. But he has a better awareness to not turn the ball over than Kyler Murray did. Like you just watch him run. He looks like Kyle Murray, but he's six one. He has the short little step thing, but and in the way how he just slings it. But. And how old did you say this guy was? He's twenty four. He's only been starting two years because he did a two year mission in with BYU. That's why I said if he had went to like Ohio State or with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma after Kyle Murray left, this guy would probably be a first round pick. If it make if you want to know something even more crazier than that. Or even crazier than that, like you have there was a guy at Oregon, he got granted a ninth year of eligibility. 
And then you, if you go, you want to go even further back, you had Chris Winky, who left to go play pro baseball. He came back to Florida State when he was like 28. That was 99. He he was 28 years old and won a national championship. He was on Florida State's roster back in 1991 with Casey Weldon, Brad Johnson, and Charlie Ward. Yeah, I don't get how guys could stay in college that long. There's loopholes to it, honestly. There's loopholes. You just have to – they're very – those wormholes are very, very messy. That You just have to know how to navigate it, honestly. Yeah, but this guy, he he when I was watching him, he looked so much better than what Zach Wilson was at BYU. And he was actually playing quality teams. Like his best team wasn't against Coastal Carolina. He played Oregon, Utah, Notre Dame, and a couple other big ten and Pac twelve schools. Hmm. So that was just my little two piece on that. But we got anything else in college football, we're moving on. Let's talk about this old man. Yeah, so Dude, that was shocking. I actually was... I woke up this morning. What are we, two minutes later? I got the tweet. And, no. like, uh, they said, Tom Brady retired. I'm like, say what now? And then I see his tweet. I'm like... And then Ooh. I watched the video. I'm like... Dude, I was walking okay. in. I was walking in class, and I got the news. I was, like... I was walking in. I was kind of groggy and stuff. And all of a sudden, I stopped, and I was like, What? And I was like, oh, was dude, I lit. That was the first thing I said. I was like, because I was just like, oh, my gosh, we are in so much trouble. The N- the NFC South is, oh, crap. My whole thing just switched up. Yeah, the NFC South might be the, like, this year, NFC South might be the worst division in football ever. It's crazy how we got here, because if you remember correctly, remember back in, like, 2015, and not even 2015, remember like 2016. 2014 and 20, yeah, 2014. That the Panthers won the division seven, nine, and one. That was a bad year. But yeah. at least that division had that that division had Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, and Drew Brees, and I think Josh McCown. And then you fast forward to 2016, the division had Matt Ryan, Cam, Cam Drew, Drew Brees, and Jameis. Like it, it, how did we go from that? To where we are was Matt Ryan even Matt Ryan was in that Matt Ryan won Matt Ryan won the MVP that year. Most of the twenty twenty Matt Matt Ryan was yeah, and then twenty twenty we go from that to Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Sam Darnold. No, Sam Darnold was in twenty twenty. Yeah, he was. He was there. And then now we fast forward even further. Now going into twenty twenty three. I don't even. You don't even know who Carolina's starter is going to be. You don't know who the Saints are going to have starting. Don't get me started with that. And then I can give you one. Kyle Trask. And then wait, did I did I say the Panthers? No, the Falcons. Is it Desmond Ritter or they go all in for Lamar or the draft? It's going to be Desmond Ritter. I feel like they've already. It's going to be Desmond. Desmond Ritter. Last guy to be Tom Brady in the regular season. (laughs) It's really about to be. Falcon fans. Falcon fans are so proud of that. I they have put a tweet today that's saying um, the division was under contract. Uh, Matt Corral, Sam Darnold, Desmond Ritter, Jameis Winston, and Cal Trask. And I'm like, well, if Dennis Allen didn't burn that bridge with Jameis, Jameis would have been the best quarterback in that division. 
But Jameis gone. He would have been able to finally walk. Jameis, to- Jameis, they said Jameis going to get cut. Him and Michael Thomas both getting cut. I'm like, wow, the two guys. Cut? They're going to cut Michael Thomas to save a million dollars. Don't get me on that. That's a whole. What? I, the Saints well, are getting very mad, even if they got Champagne traded yesterday. What, why would you? They make no sense. They averaged 13 points after November, right? 13 yeah. points a game as an offense. And their defense was top six in the NFL in that span. Guess which side of the ball they got rid of the coordinator and they're redoing the entire coaching staff on? The offense, I'm guessing? Nope. They got rid of both defensive coordinators, defensive line coach, and they're getting a new secondary coach. They only got rid of the tight ends coach on offense. They're keeping the exact same thing on offense. And I'm like, going to be interesting. This division is going to be so bad. Honestly, I'm, I'm just like, it's like, dang. You know, I get to see it front and center every Sunday. <laughs> I can't wait because I'm I'm actually like hey, see- you can you can probably go a little closer to the state um to the, the field because they're gonna have a lot of empty seats in Raymond James. So funny thing about that too, the Bucks knew what they were doing strategically when they had putting them. out the season tickets. They made you buy, they made you buy two years. If you if you were someone that bought a season ticket for 2022, you had to buy for 2023. And if they you bought exactly what they were doing. Oh yeah. The people that bought for 2021, they lucked out. If you bought for 2021, you, you, you did 2021, you did 2022. You're free. But if you did 2022, you still have to sit through 2023. Or you can just really, you could just make that money back. And somebody from a visiting team, because Philadelphia is coming. Philly and Jacksonville are two teams that are war playoff teams that are coming to Tampa next year for games. So somebody's going to meet their quota back. (laughs) Somebody's going to make their money back. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. I expect Carson Wentz and Derek Carr are going to be two of the quarterbacks next year. Oh, I expect one of the two, I should say, because I have a very strong feeling if Derek Carr gets cut, he's going to be a 49er. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo, they already said he's not. He's going to be a Raider. Hardy's out for the year. He's going to Garoppolo's going to be, it's going to be the funny thing. Garoppolo's going to be a Raider and Carr's going to be a 49er next year. I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen because the 49ers lost the game against the Eagles because they didn't have a quarterback. Of course. The best quarterback who's like a playing out guy is Derek Carr. So, I mean, I know Derek Carr said he wants to get traded. So, it, like, the optics won't look bad, but just get cut and go to San Francisco because Trey Lance is probably not going to be it in San Francisco. He's not. He can be both. They're probably going to get it. They'll probably trade him for a third, which means Trey Lance is probably going to be one of the three quarterbacks in the new quarterbacks in the South. And then we were having the discussion of um, it's going to be either a rookie or Justin Fields is going to be the fourth. Sounds about right. And, and we were talking about this last week. And when Derek Carr goes, does the Devontae Adams fall on? Well, Brandon, you got to get a new contract soon. You're just bringing over 
Devontae, even though you have no draft picks? I don't know how that works. Someone said that about the about the Eagles. Not Eagles. Someone said that about the Bengals, too. They're saying T. Higgins got a new T. Higgins need a new contract too. T. Higgins is gonna be one of the top ones out there. Yeah, see, I expect I expect Ayuk and I expect Higgins to either re-sign on massive deals, which I doubt, or in Higgins' case, he's gonna get traded for somebody for a first-round pick. Oh yeah, because it's like you if you're Cincinnati at this point, it's like you can't keep everybody. Yeah, you just can't because you got to pay Joe Burrow first and foremost. This is this is the funny one. Someone threw it out there. They said. T. Higgins and a couple of picks to Minnesota for guess who? Good old Jefferson. Because Jefferson going to need a bag, too. Actually, you know what's funny about Jefferson? If they brought Jefferson over to Cincinnati, what's to say Joe Burrow doesn't take a pay cut? If he's smart, he would. But you know what's funny? I think he would if if he got Jefferson and Chase on the team. He might, he might seriously take a pay cut. You know what's funny about that? The fact that you had the Bills GM saying, you know, oh, well, they they were fortunate enough to where they got unlucky and Burrow tore his ACL, so they were able to get a talented wide receiver like Jamar Chase. And I'm just the like – The Bills could have had some wide receivers. They could have the taken one in 2019. The Bills could have had Justin Jefferson. Well, they took Diggs. They could have literally had Justin Jefferson. And they would have had something similar to what Joe Burrow has with Jamar Chase. Something very identical. So it's everyone's like ripping this man to shreds saying, you know what? Like, oh, that's a bunch of crap for you to say that and stuff. Which it is, because I'm like, dude, you could have had Justin Jefferson and you would have been set. And as upset as Stephon Diggs was, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone next year. Oh, yeah, Diggs might be gone, I think, but I don't know where he's going to end up. And I think, honestly, that division's wide open. New York, if they got a quarterback, they're getting Brees Hall back. They got Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I can see, I can see them going. And I think Rogers makes a lot of sense. So you got to be like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe something happens there. You never know. You got, you got Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore might be happier. You might be able to keep him. Uh, Corey Davis, I think, is a free agent. I'm not entirely sure. They were saying uh, Corey Davis might go somewhere. Not entirely sure on that, but could happen there. You still got a wide receiving core. You can have Elijah Vera Tucker back. Big piece on the offensive line. Makai Becton will be back on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett will be there, which is from Green Bay days. New York could run the division. Miami, it depends on all health to Tua, because Tua just cleared concussion protocol a month after getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So he needs to stop maybe. playing. He needs to get out, of, if I'm being honest. One more, and he, he might not get out. Yeah, no, he, he needs he, to get out, man. He needs to get out. Honestly, because it looks like people are intentionally trying to hurt him. And, dude, honestly, I'm if you've done right by your money, I'd get out, man. I'd get out. You got your degree for a reason, man. Get out. And also, too, speaking of that, you know, Jalen Hurts is also someone that's, I think, he's, he's deserved his payday. He's going to get a big payday. He, he, he has. and the, But, see, here's the thing that I'm going to miss, though, about – 
<laughs> and again, about Tom Brady and stuff, it's like with him, he knew how to take pay cuts to help benefit the whole team. Hey, let me ask you this. Well, when you said that, what, what do you think the Bucks going to do with Godwin and Evans? You keep them. You keep, you keep them with Kyle Trask with the salary situation they're in. Yes, you do. Because honestly, it, they've had both of those guys have had way worse. You got those guys. But Godwin has what two years left on his deal, or it was like a like it was structured to be a two year. I thought it was and he had a dead year. I thought it was structured to be a three year, but I mean, because some of them contracts they say is like three or four years, and it's really only like a two year deal with like the dead years. That's what I want to know. Because my thing, I'm like, look, if those, if both of those guys were able to shine with someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing them the ball, they could probably shine with Kyle Trask throwing them the ball. So somebody offered you a first each. Mike Evans is a buck for life. He's a buck for life. Chris Godwin, right. I think, even if that, even if that presented itself. I don't. I don't know. I can't go inside the mind of Jason Light to say he would do it, because I think he he equal he loves Chris Godwin equally too. Like he he did everything in his power to bring him back. I think that, and honestly, I think that's a question for Stank too. That's a good question to ask Stank. All right. But yeah, right now it's like definitely not uh, Evans. But right, Levon- you want to talk about Ryan. Shout out to Miko Ryan's getting a six-year deal with the Texans, considering they fired two African American coaches literally last two years. It's interesting that that happened. You know what? They better do right by him and honor every every single second of that six-year deal. Mm-hmm. Every second of it, they better honor it. Because if they don't, if he's out in three years, I will still be upset and be like, you know what? This is why the Texans can't win nothing. This is why the Texans literally had. A playoff team with Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Cosby, as you call him. They had JJ, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, and that whole thing blew up on the platform before it even could really take off. Because honestly, like if you look at some of those Texans teams before Deshaun Watson's incidents and stuff and the injuries to JJ Watt, they looked like they could have really taken over the league. Mm-hmm. And hey, DeAndre was- Hopkins is going to be available this offseason, too. Oh yeah, and they, people talk about him going to New England. Hmm. Now that's an interesting one. People talk about him going to New England. OBJ going to Dallas. So there's going to be a lot of movement this off season. I'm 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 interested to see what happens. You know, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Dak because Kellen Moore's gone, so he's got to get used to a new offensive coordinator. But they've been saying Mike McCarthy's going to be calling the plays. Yeah, that that just looks. I wonder if Dan Quinn's staying in Dallas so he can get the job. Mm. Would Jerry do it though? Do you trust Maybe. Jerry? Do you trust Jerry? Come on, Ace. I don't know if you froze or not, but do you trust Jerry? No. There you have it. There you have it. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just yeah. I don't trust Jerry Jones, bro. I don't trust him because 
I felt like if the Cowboys would have had a Odell Beckham, they could have probably gotten past San Francisco. But it's like Helen Moore's gone now, even though some people have their varying opinions and didn't think he was that great of an offensive coordinator. Mm, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. Right. And then also, you know, uh, one more thing we got to talk about this little Super Bowl here. You know, the first and ESPN actually stole our tweet and a couple other people too. I know they did. That's why I was I was asking you if you made it. like we were the first ones to say there's two African American court and look, everybody I, stole it. I didn't make that up. It is a very true fact. After the African American quarterback is three and six in Super Bowls, the three oh, be four and seven. Yeah, you have one win and one lose. Yeah, so after coming going into this game, it, it's they're three and six coming out of coming out of next weekend. It'll be four and seven. So of course you the three wins are Mahomes, Doug Williams, and Russell Wilson. And then the six losses are Mahomes, Russell Wilson, uh, Donovan McNabb, um, Cam Newton. Oh my goodness! There was there was a couple others, Colin Kaepernick, and there was another one. I'm thinking of the sixth. I can't think of it. I can't think of it right now. Oh, Steve McNair, Steve McNair. That's the sixth mm. one. So yeah, and then after this weekend, it'll be four and seven. So either Jalen Hurts or Mahomes will take home a win, and someone's going home with a loss. Given what we saw against Cincinnati, I would not be surprised if it's um, Mahomes. That's why I asked this one. Um, if he has two legs, I think I'm gonna uh, take Kansas City. But if he has one leg and he's like Stoke and Gimpity, I might take Philadelphia. It's all gonna come down to that injury report for me. I'm like you, dude. If he's gimping around and still unsure of himself come, you know, come game day or come game week within three days of the game, I got to go with the Eagles. I'd have to go with the Eagles. I really do. All right. Yeah, let's swing on over to Hot, hot Topics. topics. I got to talk out. about this, man. The, the uh, I don't know if you saw it. The Redeem Team documentary on Netflix. I watched it for the first time last night. No, I did not watch it. Actually, no, not last night. I watched it for the first time Monday. Yeah, Monday. Wait, golly, what was that? Yeah, I watched it for the first time, not last night, because last night was Tuesday night. I watched it for the first time Monday night. So, dude, it was pretty good, man. It basically talked about, you know, Team USA's dominance in basketball and stuff from 1936 to 1984. They got screwed in one game against the Soviet Union. Literally screwed. And then it talked about basically how, you know, how 2004 went in Greece and stuff and then how 2008 was supposed to go and how, what their plans were, the buildup to it and stuff. Kobe basically was the deciding factor in it and like their mental preparation 
going into that game and stuff. I didn't know that they, they went through all that. So, like, the United States now has a designated national team. The guy that owned the seven, not the 76ers, the guy that owned the Phoenix Suns, he purchased Team USA, put it under a new title of the U.S. men's national basketball team, and now it is what you see today. So they're not sending college players or NBA players what they're doing now is they're basically accumulating the talent that they see best to fit and, you know, sprinkling in a few college players that are top tier guys and rolling out with it like that. But it's a very good documentary. Actually, I really urge you to watch it. It, it, it kind of, if you want to, it, it kind of, to me, showed Kobe had an influence on a lot of those younger guys, like LeBron when he was younger, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, uh, Carmelo. Because honestly, a lot of those guys, they said, they said themselves, they were like, dude, we went out to go to a nightclub in Vegas. We came back at 5 a.m. Kobe's coming down the coming down the elevator in basketball gear, ready to go work out. We're going up to go go crash and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It just tells you the difference. So I'm like, okay, so that's where the motivating factor was and where it came from. And honestly, and I know people have varying opinions, but this is why I say Kobe and Jordan were cut from a different cloth than you know LeBron and a lot of these new age guys. Mm-hmm. Can't say certain things on that, but yeah. It's a different type of game. Like they say, LeBron would have been even better in that era. I'm like, it was LeBron, LeBron. LeBron got so upset over a non-foul call, a ticky-tack foul call, on a simple drive, where he just got his arm bumped, and you saw how he reacted. Yeah, he did. He reacted like <laughs> you think he played a bad boy Pistons. Not the Bad Boy Pistons, but the 90 Pistons. Were those the Bad Boys? No, the Bad Boys was 04, wasn't it? No, Bad Boys was in the in the 80s. It was 88, 89. No, it was 89, 90. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'm like the 91. But never mind all that, all that. You know what I mean. If they put the 90s Piston, you, you think what wrong would be to say, oh, Joel Embiid is the biggest one. I don't think he would survive a minute in that era. I was no. watching him play the Magic. Every call, every bump he gets, he goes, wham, 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 wham. <laughs> I my foul. Well, we got a comment. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait. You got it, I got it. Who got it? You got it? How much you, you got it? You can it's do it. You. It's for you anyway. Peeps, you're Kyle Trask as your quarterback. No, I'm really not. I'm not a, I don't have any expectations for him. I will say this, though. You know, if he comes in and he plays like garbage – then, honestly, moving forward, he's out, and you get a new quarterback, and you get a top pick, and Todd Bowles is likely gone. But on the other end of the stick, it's it works out like this. It's like if he if he balls out, you're set for the next decade at quarterback, and Todd Bowles can just build his defense and let his offensive coordinator go to work. So it's like it's it's for me it's a win win. So it's like my soul's already prepared. 
My soul is already prepared. Dude, I've been watching. I've been watching the Bucks since the late nineties. My soul is prepared for better or for worse. You should ask Ace who his quarterback's gonna be. Don't get. I have no idea. <laughs> That's the real ticker. Don't do the Gators like that. I know you. I know you feel about Gator quarterback. Yeah, because none of them turned out to be good. None of them did. Even Danny Warfel, as great as he was, he played for Carolina. He wasn't worth anything. But um, I mean, plus those guys were Steve Spurrier guys, and then T. Well, I'll give Tebow. I give Tebow a nod. He won. A, he won a playoff game. But if let's be honest, if if you're a front office person, if you had to choose between Tebow and Peyton Manning, you're you're picking Peyton Manning ten times out of ten. Although honestly, I will say I thought Tim Tebow should have been Peyton Manning's backup because I thought that that would have been the great that would have been a great situation for him to sit and learn. But well, I, I understand though. Cause it was like it was like he he was starting and then you didn't want to just automatically put him on the bench like that. So I get it. I mean honestly heck I felt like Jameis should have been Tom Brady's backup. But I, I get that too. I understand. Plus Jameis put in more years. Jameis got done dirty by a lot of by the NFL team did. Uh no, I don't want to have anything to do with Dennis Allen as my head coach. No thanks. Hard pass. Hard, hard, hard pass. I'm telling you, man, you could go get uh go get Jeff Hostetler out of out of retirement. He won a Super Bowl. Go get Jeff Hostetler, you know. I, I need them to just hurry up. The 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 oh, I need Benson and Loomis, the owner and the GM. They need to go give up a good old call to good old boy Drew and say, Hey, I need you to just be the quarterback coach this year and just make him I know they were, they were like we talked all this bad stuff about McCown, but honestly, I swear to God, Drew Brees might be a better head coach than Dennis Allen. You can't and you can't bring, look. You can't bring back Drew Brees because he's in he's in Indiana trying to mentor those kids at Purdue. Well, it was interim head coach. He got some coaching experience now. He got more coaching experience than Jeff Saturday. Let's leave it like that. Oh yeah, no, honestly, no. They they don't need to hire him. They they they, shouldn't. <laughs> they really shouldn't. But you know, let Jim Mercer be stupid. Let him go ahead and be stupid, and he'll still be trailing. He'll be what he'll. They will be exactly what they were before Peyton Manning. Nothing. Well, the Saints are heading that way without Sean Payton. Cause I mean, defense wasn't the problem. They have philosophical differences. They get rid of the entire defensive coaching staff and keep the head coach. Head coach got everybody gone on that side of the ball, which he controls. But to keep all the garbage. Uh, Offense, but whatever. That's a dictator running that show over there. But I won't get into it all the way. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Welp. You got anything else? Rising Star game. I mean, you got they got some G League guys. Scoot Anderson headlining the G League. But I mean, you got Paolo. You got Scotty. The two. Rookie of the years, back to back. I'm assuming Paul's gonna probably get it this year. Um, yeah. Hmm. I mean, we'll figure it out. The Magic just lost it at six years, but um, yeah, they couldn't hit a shot for their life tonight. They just weren't on it. Oh well. Playing Timberwolves Friday. Always Markel beat the Sixers in one game. He would play there. Still, want more than Ben Simmons. 
Hmm. So. Well, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. This um, was fun. Just long. This was. We actually we uncovered a lot of stuff tonight. We got a good we got good comments from Ashton and Drunk. Shout out both of y'all. Yeah, really. That was awesome tonight. I feel like Drunk knows exactly when we're talking about college football. He comes in for that and then disappears. Oh, he plots it out. It's it's the alcohol talking. I can't remember mm-hmm. what he drinks. I think he said uh, vodka, cheap vodka or something like that. That might have been it. That might have been it. We got to put him on some Crown Royal, man. <laughs> we got to get that Henny talk with Hen- uh, Hendrix. Oh, my God. I don't think anybody's up for that whole, you know, morning conversation. It'll be like. But this- anyway, uh, thanks It'll for another like- episode, guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> be a friend, tell a friend, like, share, subscribe. Uh, see you next week, Wednesday, same 8 o'clock, hopefully. We'll try to make 8. See how it works out there. Um, still don't know about when the other podcasts come back because we don't have a name and Flash hasn't gave me a, a date. He wants to do it yet. Speaking of dates and Flash, JPs, you got something you want to say? <laughs> Look, we know the Valentine season's coming up. If you, if you that are watching or if you know anybody that's watching that is looking for a single bachelor, we are ready to Pair you off. Oh, we need a bachelorette. Need a bachelorette. Yeah, this is be the bachelorette. We're ready to pair you off on a date with Flash. Date with Flash, and how many proceeds to go to charity? No, they don't. They go. They go to the. They go to the bill at the dinner. <laughs> they have to go. Oh, to yeah, the that works too. So yeah, if y'all if y'all know anybody, we're, we're pairing off. We're pairing off. Pairing for, off Flash. For this Day holiday. Uh, so we're going to try to work to find something before the 14th. It'll be interesting. <laughs> oh, God. This is your All right. See y'all. Good night. Yep. See you next week. <laughs>